Yeah, we have uh, these beautiful flowers up here in honor of all you moms. Um, you know, feel free to come and take it. Just, you can fight over it afterwards. Um, uh, really, great day to celebrate um, moms on this January 5th. Well, the weather is, at least. I mean, I, maybe this afternoon we'll have some sunshine. But uh, really, uh, hope the day is a good day for you, uh, moms, that you feel honored. Um, we are also um, not unaware of the fact that this can be a, a painful day as um, maybe as a mom you lost a child this year and Mother's Day has um, new meaning and significance and there's just real sorrow and grief associated with it now. Um, for others, there are people who, who uh, are really desiring and longing to be a mom and yet you're having fertility issues and and it's just not, it's just not seeming to happen. And so I um, just want you to know as we celebrate moms, we also, uh, our heart goes to you as well who are having a difficult time. And uh, so I just want to take a second and pray. Father, we, we do celebrate our moms and, and we are just so thankful for the, the mothers that you've given us. Um, but... We are also, we, we, we can't, uh, you know, just celebrate that and be unaware of, um, you know, the grief and pain that people are experiencing as well. Those who have lost um, children, those who are just desiring children and yet are having difficulty. And uh, so our heart uh, goes to each one of these women and we ask that you would be the God of all comfort that um, you wouldn't just be a, a God in name who is comfort, but that they would in a special way feel your arms around them and know that they're not alone and know that they're loved in the midst of confusion. And uh, so we, uh, we lift each person up in those circumstances to you. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. Um, I also just want to give you an update. Many of you have been praying for Kathy and I this week, Kathy especially, and um, thank you for that. And uh, we, we went in last, a week ago Friday, for a, a simple procedure on Kathy's heart. Kathy's heart had been, you know, pretty much lifelong. She had have these kind of bouts of AFib where it would go like to 180 plus, and uh, and she could get control of it eventually and be fine, but it started happening like three times a week in longer periods of time. So she went in for a simple procedure called an ablation, which is a simple procedure, um, 99 point something percent of the time, and we were the point something percent. And uh, things went, went bad, and um, the result was she had permanent heart damage uh, done to the electrical system of her heart, and so it was scary there for a while, uh, and uh, but it's been rectified thanks to the technology of a pacemaker. And uh, so her heart is functioning now well with the assistance of the pacemaker. And um, it's not what we wanted uh, to go through, nor we're expecting to go through, um, but uh, Man, word got out, and there were so many people who were sending us notes of encouragement and prayer, and just want to thank you for that. And she's home, and she's doing well, and she's gaining strength. And, um, and so hopefully by next week, she'll be back here 
um, in person. So thank you, though, for your prayers. I really do appreciate it. But one of the things that we did last week was last Sunday morning, we were in a hospital room and we were watching church. And uh, we got to see uh, not only Jack give just a powerful message, but the cardboard testimonies. Were you here for that? I mean, that ruin you? Uh, yeah. So we're in our hospital room just crying watching people share their stories just so vulnerably, vulnerable, yeah, that word, up here. And, uh, you know, tears just streaming on our face and uh, just going, man, I hope a doctor doesn't come in right now because they're going to be thinking we're just distraught, and we are, but it's just over the wonderful, life-changing testimonies and transformation that was shared. So thank you for that last week. That was so, um, so awesome. And so we're on this series of hope and it started Easter, and really, it's, we were created for a relationship with God, and um, we understand that God gave us a way to be in a right relationship with him, and that it was through Jesus Christ, and that's why we celebrate Easter. And so our, our hope, ultimately, to be the people that God created us to be are people who are in relationship with him. And uh, so Jesus is our hope to, for that relationship to be made right. And then last week, we talked about there are things that keep us from the life God created us to be, um, but God can give us victories if we step into those things. And so, you know, we step into our hurts and our hangups and our our dark habits, and um, and we face them in the power of God and in the courage of God, and transformation can happen. And so th this week we're talking about another secret about experiencing the hope God intends us to have, and it's. Um, Yes, our, our connection to the hope of God starts with embracing Jesus. But then there's another thing that we're going to talk about today that's a secret that we really don't think about that much, but is, is critical. And that is really to embrace a life God created us to have. We need to embrace the gifts and abilities God created us to have and live out of our strengths. To live life out of our strengths. We, we will never be more impactful for the kingdom of God and have a more significant night life without regret when we know how God created us and live accordingly. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be jumping all over in different passages of Scripture, so you can write these things down. If you are fast with your Bible, you, know, you can turn there fast. We're going to put them up on the screen. So 1 Corinthians 12, it starts out, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so what he's saying is everybody who places their faith in Jesus now is made spiritually alive. We're on the spiritual journey, and life comes when we trust in God, and he connects us through forgiveness to God the Father. And so life comes, and he says... To everybody who has spiritual life, I give you spiritual gifts so that I can work through you to impact other people's lives. And so he's saying, you have them, don't be uninformed about them, okay? And then 1 Timothy chapter 4 says, do not neglect the gift you have. And so you have them and use them, all right? So you are gifted, use your gifts, and a lot of times we go through life not even thinking about that that much. You know, we, we kind of intuitively know that we want to be in situations where we're strong, and so we want to work out of our strengths. And God's saying, yeah, that's how I created you. I created you uniquely with abilities and gifts that make you a unique um, 
masterpiece. And so now live out of your strengths. Live out of your strengths. Because that's how I created you to live. So our first thing that I want to point out that the Bible teaches us is that living out of our God-given strengths gives us hope knowing that we're uniquely gifted and created by God. We're not accidents. We're not cosmic accidents. Um, I know in life, and I, and I think today is a great example of it, the things going on in the pressures in life and the desire to find our identity. I mean, we're, we're creating new ways that this might be it. Maybe if I think my, of my sexuality this way, or uh, maybe that will give me more of a sense of my, not, my life has meaning and purpose and I'm not an accident. And I think ultimately we were created by God for a relationship with God. And if we never get that right, then we will always be lacking. We'll always have questions in our souls unsatisfied. Like, can we have contentment? Can we have significance? Is there meaning to my life on earth? Can I, can I go through this life in this messed up world and can I have joy? I mean, all of those deeper questions of our soul, our soul's longing for, I believe are ultimately answered in a relationship with God because we were created for that relationship. Outside of it, we're gonna be looking at a lot of good things, but ultimately we'll have that void. Now, one of the things that God teaches us is that he uniquely shaped us. He now, not only spiritually, when you know him, gives you these spiritual gifts that it talks about in the New Testament, but he created you with abilities and with personalities and with um, cognitive abilities that distinguish you um, from others. And so he's saying, learn who you are, learn who I created you to be and live out of the strengths because you have them. I've given them to you. Listen to these verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there's varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so he's saying, you have gifts that have been given to you by God. We all have them. They're not all the same. And you don't have them all. Okay, and so you're uniquely gifted by God. Use them. And as you step into your gifts and your strengths and live out of those things, it says God will work. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit. God will empower you. God will work through you and your strengths. All right, and so you have them, use them. Um, you are uniquely shaped and uh, is part of the beauty of your humanity. We have things in common. We're all created in the image of God. We reflect attributes of God as humanity. Um, but we have unique gifts and abilities. And so um, embrace who you are and who God created you to be and use those gifts to influence other people. And that's what God says. That's the significance of your life. In this season... Right now, God wants to uniquely use you for the betterment of others. You know, one of the beautiful things about Mother's Day is moms believe in their kids. You know, that they champion their kids. And I think moms got that from God. Because God believes in you. 
He created you for purpose and meaning and significance. And so this is a season right now, whatever the circumstances of your life is, where God says, use your gifts, have a significant impact. Let's make this world a better place. God believes in you because he's gifted us. Psalm 139, beautiful um, section of the Bible. And as I read this, um, think about God forming you. Okay, this is a prayer to God from David. And it says, for you, so David's praying to God saying, God, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. For your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This is just a beautiful picture of God being intimately involved in shaping and forming you, even while you were in the womb. And you know what? God is still doing that. I mean, really, for the rest of our lives, and, and depending upon your perspective of heaven, I think really in heaven we're going to continue in that, in that journey of fully embracing the greatness of God. But right now, God's still developing you. He's developing your character into the person he created you to be. But that began when in the womb he said, I'm, I'm going to decide what kind of cognitive skills am I going to give this precious life? What, what kind of natural physical abilities am I going to give this child? What kind of temperament and personality? And God shaped and formed you. The Bible says we are God's workmanship. Another word for workmanship is masterpiece. You are God's work of art. That, that's, that's the beauty that is found in you and uniqueness according to how God created you. And that needs to start shaping how we see ourselves. Going that, man, God didn't make a mistake. There are unique things and gifts and talents and abilities that he's given to me that um, can impact other people and make the world a better place. And so I want to live, live out of that. Now, you know, one of the most beautiful pictures, I think, is the pictures of the earth from outer space. You know, it's like, it's majestic. The earth is magnificent. And then you look at the moon and go, hey, not so much. You know, and you look at other planets, and some of them are beautiful colors, and you think, oh, that's nice. But the earth is just like, it's exceptional. The God who decided how the earth was going to put together and how it was going to function and the beauty of it is the same God who was mindful in creating you and involved in creating you. you. You are not a waste. You are not an afterthought. You are gifted, uniquely gifted and shaped by God. Now, um, 
One of the things about this verse, obviously, it jumps out at you in light of this week's headlines, is we recognize the value of human life and the uniqueness of each human life. And so we recognize that and want to protect that. But that means we protect that baby being formed, that human life and formed in the mom's womb. But we also protect the mom. Because well, we, we value life. Human life designed and created by God. And so we care for that baby and we care for that mom. And as, you know, as a church family for decades, we've been involved um, in, coming, in ministries that come alongside moms in crisis and don't know what to do. And they are, their circumstances are not coming together and this is not um, a time of life where they're seeing how this makes sense. And we care for those moms. And we come alongside and support ministries that come alongside them in a caring way because we care for life. Baby's life, mom's life. And we see this is just one of the passages where it talks about the value that God puts on our lives as humans. And so we don't say, yeah, I care for this one, not for this one. We care for all life. Um, so know this, God cares for you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so this is saying, you know, be encouraged, stay at it. You're uniquely gifted by God, and sometimes, you know, loving others is hard because everybody's not lovable. And so it's hard. in selfless service is hard because I've got this bent to be incredibly selfish. And, but don't grow tired of living out of your strengths and serving others. And one of the ways that we don't grow tired is by living out of our strengths. So um, living out of our God-given strengths gives us hope because it keeps us motivated and encouraged. Keeps us motivated and encouraged. Now, have you ever had like a broken hand that it's your good hand and so you have to sign something with your off hand? And do you recognize your signature? It's like, why? I, yeah, I signed this, but if, if this is supposed to pass some kind of test so to say it was me, there's no way that this is going to, you know, people are going to do a handwriting test and say, oh yeah, Bill's left hand did, did a signature like his right hand. No, it's terrible. I can't even read my left hand. In fact, when I write, do a signature with my left hand, I think... I should have been a doctor. No, um, I, you just can't, can't read my writing. Um, that is what it's like to live life without living out of your strengths. We, we, we can never be fully the people that God made us to be and have the impact that God created us to have unless we know what our strengths are and we live out of them. And so that's, that's for you and me. When I, when I was in college, um, I mean, halfway through college, uh, Kathy and I got married. And so I'm, I'm working to work my way through college, but also now we're a couple when in, and uh, we need to survive. And so we need to pay bills. 
And so I'm going to school full time and I'm working about 30 hours a week and I'm trying to earn money. And I was like, okay, I need a job. And we move, we, we leave Southern California, move to Central California, new, new area, need a new job. I meet a guy um, in our church and uh, he is a manager of a shoe store. And he goes, well, come work for me, I'll hire you. And I'm like, great, sweet. And so then, you know, I find out it's women's shoes and it's high-end women's shoes. And so I go there and I'm going, okay, wow, this, you know, it's like I'm really not into fashion, but um, I don't know, it's just shoes, how hard can it be? And then I look at the price tag and I go, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm newly married, I'm in college, I'm trying to, you know, put a couple nickels together and I'm seeing the price of these shoes and I'm going, this is just, you know, and, and women are coming in to buy and I'm going, you shouldn't do this. Man, this is, I just don't think this is probably a good use of your money. And uh, hey, have you ever heard of a thing called Vans? And they're comfortable and they're much more practical and I think that's gonna be easier on your wallet. And um, anyway, the owners of the store uh, had a secret shopper come in and I was fired. So, um, but I was not built to sell women's shoes. I mean, I don't have much of an interest in it. It's not, it's not something that I would be good at. And so actually when I went to work, uh, it wasn't super fun for me. And women who came in and I served them, I don't think it was a super great experience for them either. And I, I just wasn't in the right place. It wasn't a fit. You know, the shoe did not fit. You know, um, and so I was working not out of my strengths. And when we work not out of our strengths, it's hard. It's exhausting. It's, ex it's discouraging. And... Uh, and yet when we work out of our strengths, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was fun. This is good. You know, when I, um, my week could be tough. You know, last week was tough, emotionally exhausting. Um, but when I get to come here and talk to you, I am, I'm energized. Because I've been studying all week and God's been talking to me and I've been learning. And I'm just so excited to share with you what I've learned. And I'm working out of my strengths. And so it, it gives me energy. But when we're not working out of our strengths, energy is sucked from us. You know, recently um, Gallup did a poll. Um, and they polled career people. And they said, okay, in the job that you're in right now, how many of you are working in your strengths? And they, you know, so each person would, would, would respond to that. Um, you know what the percentage is of people working in their strengths in their job? 20%. That, that, was, that was a self-evaluation, but 20%. Now, we can be good at something and learn to be good at something and be skilled and yet not have that be a natural part of our strengths. But if we're working from our strengths, all of a sudden, um, it's motivating. It's encouraging. And God says he has gifted us to have impacts for good on the lives of others. And how encouraging is that when you see God use somebody like me to encourage and impact somebody else's life? You're going, oh, this is life. This is life. And so we need to discover our strengths, and you, and you discover them by serving. I mean, you, you just start inter, you know, engaging with people, and then strengths will all of a sudden start rising you'll start seeing things like, like you'll, 
I'm going to help um, make meals in the kitchen for Hope's Table on Monday night. And it's like, I don't think I'm a very good cook, but they had an opening. They need some help in the kitchen, so I'll go help. And as you're working in the kitchen alongside other people, you know, and it's like, okay, you guys know what you're doing. Just tell me what to do, and I'll just get it done. Um, and you start talking to people, and after a while, somebody would say to you, you know, hey, I just met you, and yet I'm sharing you some pretty deep things about my life. Thanks, thanks for listening. And all of a sudden, while washing dishes and, and serving, all of a sudden you find out that maybe I have the gift of listening. And I, I was listening not because I, it's like I should listen. That's what people are supposed to do. But I listened because I cared. And I asked questions to learn more about their life because I cared. And I was, act, I was an active listener. And right there, you're just finding out some, maybe there's a strength there that's unique that God has gifted you that he can use to encourage other people. And so get, in, get engaged. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10.10. This is uh, my life verse as a shoe salesman. Um, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. And so that's what that's saying is if you, if you need to chop, you know, chop a bunch of wood... When you go outside, if you take a sledgehammer to, to split wood, it's going to be a lot of work. I mean, you're, you're going to be slamming that sledgehammer against that wood for a long time before it splits. But if you take an axe and it has a sharpened edge and you go out and start splitting wood, you know what? You're going to find out a lot easier to do the job, a lot easier to get things done. And so... Work out of your strengths. It'll give you energy. You'll be less frustrated than when you're working um, out of weakness. Your life was meant for significance. And God says, I'm going to use you as you live out of the strengths I created you to live out of. John 15, 8. But, th but this, my father, by this, my father is glorified. Um, the glorified religious word, it means to give appropriate weight. And so to glorify God means you're giving him his due. And so how do we give God the, the due that he deserves? Um, by bearing much fruit. And so to prove my, that you are my disciples. And so he says, bear fruit. He says, live your life in such a way that you are living it out in the way that I created you. And you'll bear fruit. Fruit in the Bible is seen primarily two ways. One is... Your character grows more and more to be like God. It means you're less selfish. You're more loving. You're more patient. God begins transforming us as we spend more and more time with him. We understand who he is. It changes how we see ourselves and actually changes our motivation for living. And, and God begins changing our character. That's fruit. The Bible talks about fruit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, set, um, gentleness, self-control. There's, there's lists of character qualities that God creates in us over time. He continues that transformation. Second way that we see fruit in our lives, our people, is God uses our lives to influence other people's lives for the better. And that is fruit. In fact, uh, a parable that Jesus gives is... Um, he says, uh, 
use your gifts and your talents appropriately so that you store up your talents in heaven. And we think, okay, you know, we are store up our treasures in heaven. Like, what does that look like? What are our treasures? I don't quite, you know, you can't take it with you. Well, he's saying your treasure is people. And so live in such a way that when you get to heaven, and you're spending eternity with God, you're going, there's people here because God used me to influence them so that they, knew, they know the God who loves them and pursued them and died for them. And so God wants to use your life not to just have a significant impact on the world right now, but for all eternity. That's how you were created, to have a relationship with God, and then you were gifted to have an impact on other people's lives. And you're saying, well, when I think of giftedness and stuff, I think of you, Bill, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I will never teach. I will, it's the scariest thing in my life. I will never teach, and you're a teacher, and I can see how God can use you, but not going to use me. Well, I mean, there's an, a list in the Bible of different spiritual gifts, and I don't think it's, it's a comprehensive list. I, I think it's, there's more to it, but some... Think about, the, think about these, and does, does any of these resonate with maybe you? Gift of service, caring, listening, planning, encouraging, teaching, helping, building, repairing, resourcing, hosting, mercy, faith, prayer, generosity. I mean, any of those? Maybe, maybe that one, maybe that is, is something that God is developing in me and making me more aware that that is a gift. I need to pay attention to that and, and lean into that because God wants to use your gifts. Now listen to this. Here, I mean, you ever hear, hey, you can be anything you want to be? All right. Yeah, I hear it every year on American Idol and I think, nah. Um, um. I mean, these people will get up and say, hey, have you ever, you know, how many gigs do you do? You sing a lot. It's like, no, I, I don't. I just sing at the home, my home, and my mom says, I'm incredible. And then they get up, and they're tone deaf, and you're going, mom, you're not helping this kid. You know, I mean, part of loving our kids is being honest with them and, and you know, hiding truth for them from them sometimes isn't great, especially when it comes to gifts and abilities. But one of the things that we can do as parents is recognize and encourage our kids in their gifts and abilities. And, and, and don't make them what you wish their gifts and abilities were. Don't make it, I wish I was good in this, and so I'm going to project that on you. No, look how your, your child is uniquely made. And then look for how those things shine. And point it out to them. You know, let them know, man, you, I, you have a heart for people. You believe in people. I don't think you've ever had a friend that you've lost. I mean, that, that's, that is such a gift. Say things like, you know, I, I can see you being something like this. And give them a little vision for the future based upon their giftedness. But speak into our kids' lives, but do it sober-mindedly. Don't, don't lie to them about a gift that they don't have that you're just wishing they had. Because they're not going to trust you. They're just going to say, oh, it's mom. And, and it's not going to impact them. Your encouragement will not impact them. Then if they know that, no, this is something you really believe, you see it. 
So speak encouraging words. I mean, what, what stops us from using our gifts and abilities? Fear. Fear stops us. We think, ah, no, that person has a gift. I don't have the gift. Or that person has gifts that uh, they're obvious. Yeah, they could be used to help others. I don't have those. Yeah, you do. What stops you? Trying them. Taking a risk. In encouragement, speaking words of truth in each other's lives. And recognizing each, I mean, community group. One of the great things about community group is you have other people who are getting to know you who will then say things that they recognize in you about strengths. And, and it's one of the, the main ways we discover our gifts is when other people tell us. Why? Uh, I'll give you another illustration about my wife. My wife's a, a really good cook. And so um, she just knows how to put things together and what will taste good together. And, and so she just doesn't. She rarely follows a recipe. So my, my girls going, oh, mom, that was so good. Uh, can I have the recipe? And Ma and Kathy every time will say, well, it's so easy. And, and she's thinking, I'm not gifted. There's nothing special about that meal. Why is she thinking that? Because she's gifted. And she's thinking, everybody can do this. But you know what? The things that you're good at, everybody else can't do them. They can't. And you're thinking, oh, everybody can do this. How hard is it? Well, it's not hard for you because you're good at it. And so we need to hear that from each other. Man, you're good at this. And our first response is, well, you don't know me. Um, I'm not good at that. But all of a sudden, if we start thinking, I need to start listening to this. And maybe God has gifted me. And enough people start saying it, that's confirmation. And are you enjoying it? I mean, start working out of your gifts. Start working out of your strengths. And it usually takes other people to empower us to break through that fear, to start taking risk, and, and start stepping into our gifts more and more and more. All right. Um, there are tests. I mean, spiritual gift inventories, all kinds of personality tests. There's tons of tests. Um, those are fine. But I want to kind of cool your jets a little bit about those tests. Um, they're helpful, but they are in no way as helpful as you getting out and serving. Because as you serve other people, you will discover your gifts and abilities. And if you sit at home and not, and not serve others and you just take tests, not going to be super helpful. I mean, they're all standardized tests, no matter personality, strengths, finder, whatever. And, and I've taken, I mean, every one I know I've taken. Okay. Um, and so they're not, they're not useless, but they're standardized tests and you're unique. You're a unique creation, masterpiece of the God of the universe. And so start serving people. Start stepping into opportunities. And then listen. And then see where you see God using you. And start listening to people and see how they are saying you're being uniquely used. 
and then more and more step in into those gifts and those strengths. You know, imagine, imagine being given a gift from God that he says, this will forever change your life and your life will forever have more significance and meaning and you'll never regret having this gift. And you take it and you never open it. That's the life some of us are living. God has created you as a beautiful masterpiece to be used by him in influencing the lives of others. And he uses it as you serve. And so engage, engage. You know, if, if you're um, re-engaging with life after a pandemic um, and you're thinking, I, I, I do need to, to be a part of what my faith family's doing in this community and, and with each other, um, go, go to the new here, start here counter after the gathering and just say, I, I need to re-engage. Where do you need help? And, uh, and there's needs. There's needs all over the place in people's lives. Um, I want you to know, if you step into a place of service here in this faith family, this is not a lifelong you know, commitment you just made. It's like, okay, you're in it until somebody else steps up and is willing to take your place or you die. It's like, no, no. I mean, step into it and you're going to find out, hey, you know what? I think I'm, I have more of a passion to do this. And then step into your gifts and your passions and something that's going to be more appropriate to you. But you're going to learn as you do it. And so begin engaging. And, and, and don't sit back because there's just, I mean, at home, you think, okay, my family has lots of things I need to do. Today, like for us, it's garbage day every Monday morning. Okay, And so today if I go home and say, hey, Kathy, I am not gifted to take out the garbage. I mean, I, am, I would not be working out of my strengths. And that would just be an affront to God. And so I don't want to do that. And so somebody else is going to have to take out the garbage. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm in the family. There's things I need to do because I'm in the family, right? And, and so I do them. But I'm going to try to work as often as I can out of my giftedness. And so if you're wondering, it's like, I'm not sure what my giftedness is. I don't know where my best fit in ministry would be. Um, just start serving. Just start serving, and, uh, and then God will reveal that to you. And it's going to be a fun journey as you see uh, your unique gifts and abilities. Now, um, also, another place, uh, every couple months we do a thing called, I remember, I wish I remember what it was called, Sneak Peek Tour. And uh, if you're new to Rolling Hills and you want to say, okay, what are the options out there? Sneak Peek Tour is a great thing to participate in. We, uh, we take you around on, on Sunday morning when a lot of the ministries are functioning and you get to see them and what, what they look like and how you could potentially step into them. We show you the things that we're doing into the community to have an impact in our community. Um, in the lower level, things that you, that you may hear about from time to time, but you're just not that aware of and you get to see them and it it, there's nothing like seeing him. And then all of a sudden you say, okay, is there a place that I want to step into and start helping? And so that's a great way to do it. I think our next one is beginning of June, um, but uh, we can tell you more about that. 
out there as well. So um, new here, start here. Get, get engaged and start um, being used in the body of Christ to, uh, to impact others. Impact others in our community and impact others who are your brothers and sisters in your faith family. Um, it starts, spiritual gift starts with spiritual life. How are we made alive spiritually? By being connected to the God who created us. And God ultimately says, um, that's not something we can do. We, we, we can't connect ourselves to God by being good enough, by uh, being nice, by hoping that we're good enough to make God loves us, you know, God to love us. No, because we, we are loved by God. There's nothing you can do. If you serve or don't serve, God's going to love you equally because he loves you perfectly. There's nothing you can do to love, for God to love you more. But God's done something for you so that you can be connected to God in the relationship that he created you to have, a relationship with him. And that is Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came. He died on the cross so that we can be forgiven from our self-absorbed lives and recognize I need to be forgiven by the God who created me who I have not been living for or even recognizing in my life. And by trusting in what Jesus has done for us, we can be forgiven, brought into his family, and be part of his children. And that's where our journey begins with new life with Jesus. And if that's where you're at in your spiritual journey, I just want to give you a moment right now to uh, respond to him. And just talk to God in the quietness of your heart, and that's prayer. And just talk to God this morning. And, and uh, if, that, if you're ready to place your hope and your trust in Jesus, then let's do that. And just in your own mind, talk to God and say something like this. God, I know you love me and you've been pursuing me. And I thank you for your love. And today, I want to put my hope in you and in what you've done through, for me through Jesus. And so I ask you to forgive me and make me part of your faith family your loved child. And now, God, in this relationship, I ask you to begin making me the person that you created me to be. Thank you for your love and your pursuit. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you are in this room and you just prayed that prayer along with me to place your trust and your hope in Jesus, then um, I'm going to ask you to do a quick favor, and that is as soon as we're done here, on your way out, you go through those doors. There's the new here, start here counter that we talked about. If you just go there and say, hey, I prayed along with Bill today and put my, my trust in Jesus, you can just say, I prayed along with Bill today. That's all, that's all you have to remember. Um, they'll get some information to you. We, we want to, first of all, meet you and just uh, let you know, hey, we're, we're pumped about your, your new journey with God. But also, we want to give you some just some brief information about this journey and give you a couple just quick thoughts about practical steps in this journey that I think will help you in your relationship with God. And so uh, make sure today, if you prayed that prayer, to uh, go out and get that information at the new here, start here counter. And if you're online um, uh, and you prayed that prayer today, on your screen is a Rolling Hills address. 
uh, rollinghills.org slash, anybody remember? Next steps, next steps, thank you. Uh, I didn't remember last one, I didn't remember this one. Um, and a, a little questionnaire is gonna come up, fill out that questionnaire, we're gonna send you that information um, as well. And so make sure you do that, rollinghills.org slash next steps. We're gonna have communion together this morning. And um, if church is new to you, what communion is, it's, it's, a sim, it's a symbolic act that connects us to a deep truth. And Jesus actually said, do this in remembrance of me. And what he's saying is, is we have um, bread and juice. And he's saying, take this bread and remember that I sacrificially gave up my body for you. My, my body was broken for you. And then drink this juice and remember my blood was shed for you so that you could be forgiven and reconnected to the God who made you. And so that's what communion is and we do that, uh, we practice that every month. Um, and we're gonna do it like we haven't done it in a couple years. Um, we have tables up front here and a table in the middle in the back. And on it, you'll see silver trays and um, there is a cup and actually it's stacked. There's two cups stacked together and you just pick up those two cups. The bottom cup has the cracker, the top cup has the juice, okay? And so you can take that, go back to your chair and when you are ready, um, you know, take a few moments to just thank God for what he's done for you. And uh, upon that reflection, then take the bread symbolizing his body that was broken for you and the cup symbolizing his blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Now, there's two other things up here. One of them is in the basket. If uh, you think, okay, I think it's more hygiene to, to take one of those, uh, they are the ones that we've been using. They're the little cup that has little cellophane closed off and then there's a little cracker on top of it. And if you have just become a fan of that little piece of, of styrofoam that's supposed to be a cracker, um, you're welcome to those, okay? So those are there as well. We also have a gluten-free uh, basket for uh, those who need to be gluten-free. So we're gonna take a couple of minutes here as we continue to worship to take communion. And uh, so when you're ready, just come forward, pick up the bread and the cup, go back to your chairs and take communion. 